thank God for what He's willing to do because of His great love for us. Thank you for joining us on this Friday evening. We call it a good Friday because of Jesus. Amen. It wasn't a good Friday when He went through what He went through, but what He went through was to free us from what we were stuck in. And it becomes a good Friday to us because we know Sunday's coming. Amen? Amen. And uh, what an excitement that is. And we encourage you to come on back and be with us on Sunday morning, 9 or 11 o'clock. We'd love to have you here. If you can't be with us and maybe you're stuck somewhere and you join in online and uh, join us live and we'll, we're, we'll preach through these cameras to you just the same. Praise the Lord. But uh, here on this evening, I uh, want us to just focus our attention uh, as we prepare for communion here in just a few moments, and uh, we're going to look at the blood-bought freedom that we have in and through Jesus Christ. And that was because of what He has done and, uh, for us that has set us free. Uh, if, you, if you have an understanding of the Old Testament, you'll understand that God gives us the platform, He gives us the skeletal structure, he gives us all of the prophecies and the plans that he has for redemption and for mankind. And many times he would use uh, types and symbols that would point to what was yet to come. Prophets would speak words of prophecy thousands of years before they were fulfilled to the very uh, exact letter that they were given, uh, to all to prove that Jesus Christ is truly the Messiah, that Jesus Christ is truly the Savior of the world and the Son of God. And uh, so as we go back to the Old Testament, you'll see that God set up these feasts. And uh, He set up seven feasts there. Four were in the springtime, and three of them were in the fall time. And the ones in the springtime had a separation uh, between them. And all of this is God's planning it out. He's the architect of all. And he sets up these four spring feasts, and then he has this break and a season uh, that we now understand what that season is. And then there's coming uh, those three fall feasts. So you see the very first one that starts it all off. This is how God sets it all up. The architect said it begins here with Passover. And that's what we're celebrating here tonight. It was at that Passover, Jesus' last Passover, that he instituted uh, the Lord's Supper as we would know it, or communion as we would know it. Uh, he gave it fulfillment and understanding. Uh, so we don't have to go and do the full Seder meal and so forth. Nothing wrong with that. But Jesus gave us a, a better picture of that with the bread and the fruit of the vine. And still something we can see and taste and smell and touch and hear the story that was told of Passover uh, as we would do that to place the value on what Jesus has brought to us. So Passover, it corresponds with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, which then leads to unleavened bread, and that would represent Jesus being without sin so that His sinless blood could pay our sinful account. See, we owed a debt we could not pay. There was no way we could be righteous enough. There was no way we could be good enough. There was no way we could give enough that could ever redeem ourselves. The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. So ending it with our efforts, we're going to die separated from God and have an eternity of damnation. But the gift of God is everlasting life. So God intervenes in the midst of that downward spiral and He says, I'm going to bring you a gift. You can't earn it. You just have to receive Him to be your Lord and Savior. And He will come and live a sinless life, shed sinless blood to pay off your sinful account. 
So we have a debt we owed that we could not pay, and Jesus came and paid a debt he did not owe. We owe all of our gratitude and thanksgiving and celebration and worship to him. Amen? And I believe that second to Calvary and the, and the crucifixion and then the resurrection, that, that God likes Passover. He loves it because all through the Bible, He refers to it over and over and over again. He even changes His name in the Old Testament narrative. And after the Passover, He starts calling Himself the God who brought you out of bondage, the God who brought you out of slavery, the God who brought you out into the fullness of life. So I believe that's God's heart for you tonight that whatever bondage, whatever burden, whatever the enemy has tried to bring against you, that God wants it broken off of you. He wants the chains off of you. He wants the prison, uh, prison bars opened up. And He wants you to live a life of freedom. That is what His blood has purchased for us. So that's unleavened bread. And then there comes the Feast of first fruits. That is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is the first fruits from the dead. Meaning that each and every one of us, we have an eternity that we will live. Not only our spirit and soul man, but our physical bodies. God's got a plan for our physical body. He tells us in the twinkling of an eye that they who are, have died in Christ shall be caught up to be with the Lord and the dead in Christ shall rise first, but we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord. Uh, we will, our bodies will be res, uh, uh, resurrected if dead and also glorified. So whatever that means, I'm not 100% sure. So I can tell you one thing, it won't have an ailment and it won't have any loss or, or limitation to it as Jesus' body did not have loss or limitation when He was resurrected and walked among us, and the same will be with us as well. So He is the first fruit of the, uh, that fulfillment of the first fruit feast of the Lord. And then we see that 50 days later came another feast in the springtime of Pentecost. And Pentecost was when God told, uh, Jesus told the disciples, you remember when he had walked with them for 40 days and now he's ascending on high, he's been resurrected, he's ministering and teaching and, and with them for 40 days. And now he tells them to go to Jerusalem as he's uh, ascending into the clouds. He said, go to Jerusalem and tarry there until you've been endued from on high with power. God basically was saying, I've got a plan, it's not over. Jesus says, I'm going to be seated at the right hand of the Father and I'm going to make intercession for you, but I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you. I'll always be with you, so I'm sending my Spirit. And they went and tarried in the upper room. And you remember at the Feast of Pentecost, there they were filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of God. And Peter gets up and preaches and 3,000 people are saved. The church was birthed and the church has continued to grow ever since then over 2,000 years. So that is our birthday. The Feast of Pentecost is the church's birthday. That's why you'll see that next column there is uh, church age. Ushers us into the church age. Now we are a part of the church age and we are telling everybody about the gospel. We're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're to love our neighbors, ourselves. We're to preach the gospel message to every living creature. In the name of Jesus, we're to share the story of salvation and redemption that God has provided for all mankind that they would have an opportunity to hear and believe and receive all that God has for them. But there's coming a day 
when the fall feasts will kick back in, even though they're still, the calendar's still going, these have not been fulfilled yet as the four spring feasts have. There is coming a day when the Feast of Trumpets that corresponds with the rapture of the church that we read about in the Scripture where that in the twinkling of an eye the dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. There the Feast of Trumpets and then that's followed with the Feast of Atonement and that's the second coming of Jesus when He comes back to this earth and He says that you and I will come with Him and we'll help rule and reign. We'll have assignments that He has given to us that we will do in advancing His kingdom. And then that final feast, the Feast of Tabernacles of the Messianic Kingdom age that will be established. Oh, that we have such great things to look forward to, but we have great things to celebrate here tonight as well. So the seven feasts, the Bible says that these are feasts unto the Lord. Some people say, well, they're Jewish feasts and I'm not Jewish. Well, let me tell you why. The Jews were a people of culture and a people of covenant, but they became a people of faith at Passover. They had to take blood as they were instructed and they had to apply it to the doorpost and the lintel of their house and uh, uh, believing God was going to do a protection over them that when that death angel would come, that he would pass over. When he sees the blood, he would pass over their uh, home and they would be saved. So they became a people of culture and a people of covenant and a people of race and to a people of faith through Passover. And let me tell you what I would challenge you tonight. Don't be just saying, I'm in the Christian culture. Don't live your life saying, well, I was just born American. Doesn't that make me a Christian? No. You've got to put your faith in Jesus Christ, the person and the work of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would encourage you that even as I'm preaching here, your faith is rising up. Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So your faith is at a higher height right now than it probably was even when you walked in. It's being stirred by the Word of God that if you've not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, that you would reach out and you would receive Him to be your Lord and your Savior, your Passover Lamb, that His blood would redeem you, that His blood would free you, that everything that He did for mankind of those who would place their faith in Him would come on you that you would receive that even this night and it become a good Friday for you for sure. Because where the blood of the Passover lamb was, it brought freedom forevermore. And as God freed them out of Egyptian bondage, I'm here to tell you by the Spirit of God, He is here right now to free you out of any bondage that you may be in. You say, I have no physical chains on me. I'm here to tell you, you may not have any physical chains on you, but maybe the enemy through some other means has got you limited, is holding you back, is pressing you down, is coming against you in such a way that it is a burden in your life. Let me tell you what, there's freedom! There's freedom! In Jesus Christ. And I pray tonight before the next 20 minutes passes that that freedom would be something that you experience in your life. Because this feast of Passover is the feast that releases. It's the feast that releases the grace of God, the favor of God, the protection of God, the anointing of God, the blessing of God. Oh, I pray you would receive it all here in Jesus' name. Because it was through His death we can find true life. It is through His death that you and I can be made alive and live an abundant life that Jesus came to give us. See, when He went into the grave, it was to free us from the grave. 
When Jesus went and took on poverty, it was to free us from poverty. When He took on shame, it was to free us from shame. When He was despised, it was so that you and I could be accepted in Him. When He took stripes upon His back, the Bible says it was to free us from sickness and disease. When He was bruised, it was to free us from iniquity, family curses, generational curses, family history of curses and brokenness. We were to be freed from that. The Bible says that when He took on that crown of thorns, the very symbol of poverty was to free us from poverty. And when He sweat great drops of blood there in that garden, it was to free uh, our will that was taken into bondage in that first garden when Adam and Eve sinned. When He was nailed to that cruel and rugged cross, it was to free us from this ruling, rugged, rugged world that wants to destroy us. He allowed Himself to be put into bondage to free us from all bondage. I declare freedom over this house. I declare freedom over your life. I declare freedom from the bondage, freedom from the work of the enemy over your life. Here on this Passover is when the blood of the Lamb was shed to free us from the bondages of the world, to free us from the limitations of the world systems that they try to impose on us, to free us from the boundaries that Satan tries to draw around of our lives and say, you can't live but this big and you can't live but this good. The devil is a liar. And the blood of Jesus is to free us from the restrictions of the influences of hell. So much so that we, the church, are to tear down the gates of hell that we the church are to go in and take back what the enemy has taken from us, that we have been given authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall harm us, and that whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We are the church. Jesus said that I am building upon this rock that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I believe this message tonight, Passover is saying you're not trapped anymore. You're not trapped anymore. You're saved. If you come under the blood of Jesus, you have access to God's power. You have access to God's freedom. You have access to God's amazing grace that is here for you. So as we celebrate this first of the seven feasts, we're entering into a season of no limits. Receive that right now. No limits. No boundaries. Nothing holding you back. Nothing holding you back. You're going to fulfill the purpose and the destiny of that which Jesus Christ has created you and fashioned you and while you were yet in your mother's womb had spoken over you that you would be in this world at this time because He needed you now. But He needs you without limitation. He needs you without demonic boundaries. He needs us to be free. Yes, free indeed. Let's look at the story in its detail because it was so important that they would tell the story over and over. And I believe it important for us this evening to go over this event as well. In Exodus chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. See, God's starting stuff off. He's starting it off with Passover. He's starting it off with Passover. That means everything that you've endured, everything you've suffered, everything you've had to, to live with up to this point can start over. Somebody needs to receive that tonight. You're not taken out of this building what you came in here with that was in your life in this building. It will be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. 
Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, because this is prefiguring Jesus Christ who was going to come and live a sinless life to pay off our sinful debt. So it had to be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh of that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire." its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, And I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. You will be saved. You will be safe. I'm here to tell you tonight, where he sees the blood, judgment will pass over you because the blood of Jesus will redeem us from what our efforts and all the good that we would ever try to do could never do. We cannot pay this debt, but it's been paid if we'll receive it in full. Tonight is the night to see, is the blood of Jesus, is the Lamb of God a part of my life? I am to take Him into my home, into my heart, into my life personally in order for me to receive the benefit of that which He has brought. I love as we move into the New Testament how uh, the Holy Spirit has us pointing back and seeing how this was fulfilled you go to 1 Peter 1 and 18 and 19, here uh, Peter is writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, nothing that you could do, no amount of money could redeem you. Nothing. But you were redeemed, what? With the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He even gives you the picture of the first Passover lamb and each year following the Passover lamb without blemish and without spot. See, the Passover in the Old Testament Scriptures is the focal point of understanding the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We cannot have a uh, a walk with God, an understanding with God, and a relationship with God without the blood of the Lamb of God, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus shed His blood. Peter says it's precious blood. 
When you understand what the blood of Jesus does for us, you don't see it just as, just as a gory blood. You see, no, it is precious blood. It is that which brought me deliverance. It is that which is, gives me protection. It is that which causes the divine promises of God's provision in my life to be manifest. It is the blood of God. I'm telling you, Jesus had not even begun His ministry appearing before the waters of baptism with John the Baptist. And there John the Baptist announced in John 1 and 29, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I mean, Jesus had not even gone into public ministry, but the Spirit of God in the, uh, John the Baptist is identifying Him. That's the Lamb. He's the Lamb. He's the one. He's the Passover Lamb that will take away the sins of the world. And everyone present there understood the implication of His words, but it was difficult for them to come to terms that their Messiah, who is the King, would also be the sacrifice, which is the Lamb. They, they wrestled with that. They had a hard time with that. See, when you deal with the subject of blood, we're not talking about some gory residue of ancient superstition. That's not what we're talking about. When we talk about the blood of Jesus, we're, we're dealing with that which the Scripture says it is precious because it addresses human sin, it addresses human need, it addresses human failure, and it addresses human bondage. It is precious. That's why the blood of Jesus is what we call the central economic factor in all of human order. Without the blood, we have no relationship with God. Without the blood, we have no redemption. Without the blood, we have no forgiveness. Without the blood, we need the blood. It is a central economic factor in all human order. Get this. The power of the blood of Jesus. Picture it. The power of the blood of Jesus. I say the power of the blood of Jesus is greater of, of, than all of the energy of our own humanity and all of the power of our adversary combined together and multiplied. There is nothing that can stand against the blood. There is nothing that can topple the blood of Jesus Christ. For the power of the blood of Christ, let me tell you what, is the power to save us and cleanse us and release us and deliver us and, and to neutralize the enterprises of hell and to neutralize the weaknesses of the flesh. The power of the blood of Jesus. We celebrate the precious blood of the Lamb. In a few moments, we'll take the blood of the grape because Jesus said, take the blood of the grape. Don't forget my blood. Don't forget I'm your Passover lamb. Don't forget what I've done for you and what I've provided for you in and through my body and my blood. See, God wants every person to know and every person to understand that we need to appropriate or employ or apply the power of the blood of Jesus in every tough situation that the world would ever bring against us. There's nothing, nothing you're facing tonight that the power of the blood of Jesus cannot give you victory over it. Hallelujah! What a great thing to know that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago gives me victory and gives me hope and gives me purpose even this night in 2019. God instructed, this is not something done by a council, it's not something done by a group of men or women who gathered together for religious reasons. God Himself 
instructed his people to memorialize this and to celebrate Passover in the generations to come. Even so much so that his son, Jesus, his son, sat there eating the Passover meal when he gave us a fuller understanding of it. And he says, now that the lamb has come and now that the bitter or the, that which the bitter herbs is representing, all of that is being, I'm taking all of that. I'm taking all of that on me. Now you can go forth. And, and he kind of changed the Passover meal. And he says, so that you don't forget all, and don't get caught up in just the lamb and get caught up in just the bitter herbs and get caught up in just the, uh, what happened in Egypt. He said, all of that was for a message for you. That when this demonic forces of hell tries to be a Pharaoh and put you in bondage and things of this earth try to hold you back and keep you from being who you created to be, that I have come. We're not looking for me to come. I'm here. So now you can take the blood of the grape, the fruit of the vine, and you can take this broken bread and this bread will represent my body and this, this uh, fruit of the vine will represent my blood. And Paul tells us later on that what God gave him, he shares with us that if we take it in a worthy manner, that we're not weak, that we're not in bondage, that we don't, we're not living with sickness and weakness that is trying to kill us early and we don't go to sleep early. He says, if you take it in a worthy manner, and some people would say you've got to be good enough and you've got to get enough silver and enough gold to get you in a worthy position. It's not that you're in a worthy position. No, it's that you're placing the worth and the value on the blood and the body of what Jesus has already provided for you. So now it becomes a meal that heals. So when we take this cup and we take this bread here in a few moments, we're going to be celebrating by faith that everything that Jesus Christ came to give us is ours tonight. As we take the blood and we take the, the, the bread, His body, we're going to take it with celebration knowing that we're coming up and we're coming out and we're coming over and we're going to go forth in victory. Hallelujah. But before we do this, I want us to look at several things that the blood provides for us real quickly. First, the blood of Jesus provides protection. We see that in the Scriptures. When we take of the Lord's Supper here in a few moments, I want you to know that this, as I take of the, this which represents the blood of Jesus and this which represents the body of Jesus and everything He did for me, I place my faith in Him and the provision of that which He's brought into my life, protection. I don't have to live in fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but He's given us power and love and a sound mind. So all fear's got to go. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live my life. My family's going to live our life. We know we're under the protection of God. Every time we leave our home and we're going out of town or anything, we pull up in the front and the kids and, and the wife and I join together and we say, we thank you, God. We don't beg Him. We know it's ours. So we thank Him. We thank You for protecting our home. We thank You for protecting our travel. We thank You for protecting our coming and our going. And uh, we just celebrate that we're going to return here more blessed than when we left. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you what, we need to understand that the blood of the Lamb provides protection for us. So we must understand that, that God is not dealing vindictively towards us, but redemptively. He does, it's not God. Let me tell you, the New Testament is all about a God who says that the, the, that which was required to fulfill the judgment was, was fulfilled in what Jesus suffered and died. 
So you're not living as the Old Testament waiting for a lightning bolt to strike you from judgment. The lightning bolt that should have already struck you struck Jesus on the cross. So you can celebrate Jesus. I thank you for the protection that you have given to me. Hallelujah. What a blessing that is. Secondly, the blood provides a means of deliverance. If you're in bondage in any area of your life, let me tell you what, that's not God's plan for you. If you're in bondage financially, if you're in bondage in a relationship, if you're in bondage to some addiction, if you're in bondage to addiction in the mind, addiction of the body, or, or whatever it may be, let me tell you what, God has not created you that way. You don't have to live that way. And, and you say, well, maybe eventually, slowly, but surely I can get free. Let me tell you what he says. When you take the blood, remember the first Passover, the instructions? Keep, eat it with your, and eat the lamb. When you eat the lamb, and when you're eating it, he says, eat it with your sandals on your feet. Staff in your hand and your clothes on. Because this thing's going to come suddenly. I'm telling you what, I think sometimes we, we uh, uh, try to put things off on long term. Let me tell you what, God does work in the long term. I thank God for that. But we, if we don't have faith to believe God for a suddenly, we're not going to receive a suddenly. I tell you what, I believe God for a suddenly. When sickness attacks my body, I'm not going to say 10 weeks I'm going to fight this thing. I say, you've got to go, and you've got to go right now. And I'm not going to stop, and I'm not going to back down until you go. And I plead the blood of Jesus against you, you spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus, get out of my body. We've got to understand that the blood provides a means of deliverance. And also the blood provides the promise of a new day. I'm telling you what, stop looking in your rearview mirror, you will wreck. Stop looking in your rearview mirror, you will wreck. It's time to turn your eyes towards Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. It's time for you to look ahead. When you come through the blood of Jesus, He washes all your sins away. He doesn't cover them. They're removed from you. Though they were as scarlet, they're white as snow. The Bible says, removed from you as far as the east is from the west, never to be brought up ever again. Cast in the sea of forgetfulness. Let me tell you what. When you come under the blood of Jesus, you are a brand new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. And the old is passed away and all things have become new. It's time for us to come through the blood and take hold of the promise of a new day and say this is the beginning. This Passover is the beginning of the feast and the beginning of the year and the beginning of my life. As I come through the blood, everything's going to be new as I go forward. He said this month shall be that beginning, that first month the year of the year for you. It shall be your beginning. Oh, that we would rise up tonight and leave all the unforgiveness and all of the anger and all of the sin and all of the disappointments and failures and everything that the enemy tries to pile on us to depress us and discourage us and cause so much pain in our hearts that we'll even try to self-medicate with people or things or money or, 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 or uh, substances. Let me tell you what, it's time for us to lay it all down and say, I'm coming through the blood of Jesus tonight on this Passover, and I'm coming through it clean, I'm coming through it free, and I'm coming through it with a promise of a brand new day. Hallelujah. And then finally we see the blood provides a witness as the blood was put over their doorpost on that first Passover, it was a testimony there, a place of safety for anybody who wanted to come in. If you come into this house, there's the witness out there, there's the blood, and you'll come out from under this impending death 
that is coming through this judgment. And the Bible says that there were some Egyptians, believe it or not, who had seen the miracles of God and said, God, their God is the true God. So when they saw the witness of the blood, they went into their homes. And they said, I'm going I'm to, can, can, can we have a sleepover? You know, can we have a sleepover? And, uh, and, and they were saved as much as the Jews were saved on that, from that plague that came over. See, the blood over your home and in your home is to be expressed in such a way as a witness. We're not to be Christians in the church only. We are the church and we're to live this life of freedom and deliverance and this life of joy unspeakable and full of glory out in our homes and out in our neighborhood and out in the marketplace so that it can be a witness that, that the reason we have such a blessed life is because of the blood of Jesus and we can point others that they too can come under the blood. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about a witness in your home or putting religious pictures and scriptures on your wall. You can do that, but let me tell you what, that does more harm if you're not living it. It's better that you look like a heathen if you're going to live like a heathen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because that thing called a hypocrite runs a lot of folks off from coming to know Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the power of the blood that protects us that delivers us, that gives us hope for a new day and gives us a reason to become a witness and an invitation to others that they too can come and know our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have to go back to 1 Peter once again, knowing that you were not redeemed. You were not redeemed. That word redeemed means a ransom had to be paid. You were in bondage. The enemy had legal rights over you, and he wasn't going to give you back without this high ransom that had to be paid. And he made it such a ransom that could not be paid by man. He said, only a man who has been tempted with every sin, with every temptation known to man, but is still without sin, who can die and shed sinless blood. Only that will pay the ransom. And it cannot happen. And why do you think Satan didn't send a demon into the wilderness when Jesus was in the wilderness? There he was trying to tempt him in the very beginning of his ministry, trying to tempt him to, 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 uh, to sin and to, to be disqualified from being our Passover lamb. But we know each and every time Jesus responded, it is written, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written, it is written. He stayed true to his Father, he stayed true to the Word, and he stayed true leaning on the strength of the Holy Spirit just like you and I can do today. And he came through it all without sin. We are redeemed. The Bible says the ransom note was met. It was met. It had the highest standard ever known to humanity. One that humanity could not fulfill, but Jesus left His splendor and His glory and stepped into the very uh, vehicle of humanity and proved the devil wrong. Why? Because God so loved you. And you and you and you and me. That's why He did it. And He allowed Himself to be beaten he allowed himself to be betrayed. He allowed himself to have a crown of thorns placed upon his brow. 
He allowed himself to be tied to a whipping post and beat nearly to death. He allowed himself to be kicked, spat upon, and mocked. He allowed himself to be treated in a way that was so embarrassing and shameful, stripped of his very clothes, naked, drug up on a hill, even when he couldn't carry a timber, had someone carry it for him to prove that you're going to be hanging on this tree. The ransom was so high. And Jesus says, I cannot die here at the whipping post. I cannot die as they're kicking in my rib cage and causing my lungs to collapse. I, I cannot die. I cannot die because I'm not going to sin, but I got to get their curse on me. I got to get my curse on me. I don't want these people that I love to live under the curse. I got to get it on me. And Father and Spirit and I, we had said as we gave the word back, way back in Deuteronomy, that a curse will come on a man who hangs on a tree. So I got to make it up Mount Calvary. I can't die here. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Because if they can hang me up on that tree and place that, that, that sign, King of the Jews, and mock me there and shame me there while the devil's laughing, I'm going to be rejoicing. Because I know as I'm hanging here, as painful as it is, their curse is going to come off of them. Their curse. I'm talking to you tonight. Jesus said, I got to get the curse off of you. I got to get the curse off of you. I don't want you to live under this curse. This curse will crush you. This curse will, will bring sadness and sorrow. This curse will bind you. This curse will cause you a miserable life. This curse is straight from hell. I got to get it off of you. But I can't sin to get it off of you because then my blood is tainted. My blood is disqualified. But if I can hang on this tree and they hung him high and they stretched him wide. The picture of love. This is how much he loved us. And Galatians 3 and 13 and 14 says, so that the curse, we're redeemed by the precious blood of the lamb. We're redeemed. And he took the curse off of us so that he could get what? The blessing on us. Here tonight as we celebrate this Good Friday, this Passover night, let us come to that crossroad right now. He did it all to get the curse off of me and get his blessing on me. Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's part of the curse. But I've come, Jesus said, to give you life and life more abundant. That is a part of the blessing. But it took place at the crossroads of a vertical and a horizontal axis coming together. And on that cross, with the shedding of that blood, the Passover lamb has redeemed us with precious blood. Will you receive it tonight? God is a God of freedom. He wants you to live in freedom. He wants you to live in freedom. But he, in that, he's such a God of freedom, he gives you free will. And you have the free will, just as the, Egypt, as the Israelites in Egypt had the free will to take that hyssop branch and dip that blood and put it over their door and then get the benefit of it. They could have refused to do it. He didn't make them do it. They could opt in if they wanted to. And as they did, they enjoyed the benefits of it. Here tonight, God is not forcing you. God is not in any way twisting your arm. He is, he's, he is speaking His heart of love to you. 
and giving you the free will. And the free will, will you apply the blood of the Lamb of God over your life and over your home? Will you invite the Spirit of the living God to live in you? Will you by faith receive Jesus Christ to be your Passover lamb and for His blood to redeem you that you'll believe in your heart God is raised Him from the dead and you'll confess with your mouth that He is your Lord. You come under Him and all that He has provided. And if you will, you can receive and enjoy all the benefits that He has provided. You say, well, God, you know, God loves a lot of people, but I don't think God loves me that much. Let me tell you what Jesus said on that last Passover night He was here. He said, take the bread. And He said, take the blood of the grape and eat it and drink it. And as often as you do, be reminded of what I've done for you. I don't want you to ever forget it, that I did it for you. For you. For you. He said, I don't want you to forget it. It's for whosoever will. So don't let the devil talk you out of the great redemptive promises and provision that Jesus has provided for you. You can receive it tonight if you'll embrace and receive the Passover lamb. We're going to stand together and pray, and as we pray, our ushers are going to come and make ready for the Lord's Supper. They're going to stand at the head of these aisles with the fruit of the vine and and the bread that represents the blood body of Jesus Christ. And if you would, you can exit out of the left side and come up the aisle and and take of that. But before you do that, I want us to first deal with one of the most important things that you will ever deal with in your life. There's a death angel still at work. There's an enemy come to kill, still and destroy. He's still at work. And there's no promise that he won't try to come over your house even this night. There's no promise that He won't even try to take you out before you get home tonight. There's no promise of that. There is a real devil. There's real spiritual warfare. But we do know there's a promise of protection. We do know there's the promise of provision. We do know there's a promise of redemption when we come under the blood and the provision of our Passover lamb. So we don't have to live in fear. We can live in faith. Amen? So we're going to rise up and we're going to place our faith in Him now. And if you've not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I pray tonight would be the night that you would say, Jesus, Jesus, Son of the living God, come to me and and, and move in me and move through me and bring your redemptive power. I believe, I place my faith in all that you have. I want to be your son, your daughter. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you. We thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your mercy and we thank you for your great provision in and through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord God, as we come tonight to celebrate on this Passover evening, Lord, your blood and your body and all that you provided through those for us. You said that as often as we would take and eat and drink, we'd do it in remembrance of this so that we would not live in bondage, so that we would not live with the enemy ruling and reigning and and doing what he wanted in and through us, but that we could rise up in resurrection power. Same Holy Spirit that raised you, Jesus, from the dead now dwells in our mortal bodies to quicken it. We can rise up in your power. We can rise up because of your precious blood. Lord, if there's someone here or tuning in right now, that has been maybe walking at a distance or maybe did as the disciples did and they began to scatter when there was a trial and they began to scatter when there was, uh, you know, uh, the, the pressure came on.
but then they realize I need to come back to Jesus. Maybe there's someone who's tried to scatter, tried to walk away, tried to just stand at a distance. Let this be the beginning of the month for them. Let this be the beginning of the year for them. Let this be the new day of hope for them. That they would say, no, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the foot of the cross. I'm coming back to the blood. I'm coming back to the provision that comes through Jesus Christ. And you would run to Him tonight and and embrace Him and say, Jesus, I'm here. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, Jesus, I call upon Your mighty name. I want to be Your son. I want to be Your daughter. I want to live for You. I want to love You. I want to tell the world about You. Lord God, I am Yours and You are mine. Embrace Him now. Embrace Him now. Maybe you've, been, maybe you've been somewhat uh, intoxicated by uh, the traditions of men or intoxicated and numbed because of, of religious spirits. Rebuke that right now. Rebuke them in the name of Jesus and says, I'm not going to live with the chains of these things and the makings of man. I want a fresh, new start with my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, Jesus, I come to you. And Lord God, as we come around this meal that heals tonight and we take this cup and we take this bread, Lord God, let it be the after statement of what we've just made in our heart, in our life to you. That as we take this physical bread and we take this physical fruit of the vine, as we take it physically, we are declaring that in our heart and in our mind, we have already taken you as Lord and Savior. You are a Passover lamb. And Lord God, as we take it, let their chains fall off. As we take it, by faith, Lord God, let the attacks that the enemy has been bringing and been been landing, Lord God, let the healing begin. Let the healing begin the very moment we take it, Lord God. Let the freedom come the very moment we take it. Lord, I expect joy joy unspeakable and full of glory lord that we don't even know how to describe it we don't have to speak it we may just have to shout hallelujah hallelujah because of joy that is going to come for we know your joy is our strength we're going to rise up in the newness of a day the newness of this year and the newness of life hallelujah we bless you and we praise you for it is in jesus name we pray amen